Umajana Tumananda Sya Jana Jana Salkaya Chakshun Militanyena Tasma Sri Guru Vedamaha Vantakapadubis Cha Kipasindabiva Cha Patitanam Pamane Bhu Vaishnavijima Namo Namaha Om Namo Bhagavati Vasudevaya Nastapraeshu Abhyeshu Nacham Bhagavata Sivaya Bhagavatutma Sloke Bhaktir Bhagavati Naistiki Good evening, everyone. Uh, we are going to continue our discussion on the Satsandarbhas of Srila Jiva Goswami. We are in the beginning of his Sandarbhas, Tattva Sandarbha. We have covered uh, epistemology, uh, that was the nature of knowing and what's worth knowing the valid praman for knowing about the self in accordance with the uh, tradition that Jiva Goswami represents. And he makes a valid case that his tradition is so well represented in scripture that uh, uh, it should be accepted above all others. So we're continuing now to the second section of Tattva Sandarbha dealing with Pramaya if we know what is a valid method of knowing and Jiva Goswami has made his case quite forcefully that of all scripture that is available to mankind uh, one specifically specific Purana stands out shines amongst all the Puranas. It gives the uh, mature commentary on the Vedanta Sutra which the Vedanta Sutra gives the common man the ability to have some insights into what the Vedas are presenting. The Vedas are pretty cryptic. So therefore, therefore, good guidance is required to understand their message. Therefore, there is the Vedanta Sutra to to bring it to make it more readily available. And even that is very difficult to understand. And in consideration of Kali Yuga, in consideration of even writing down the Vedas, Shudavyasadev also. Uh, composed and presented what is considered the fifth Veda, Anitihasa, the Mahabharata. We all like a good story. And in the center of this wonderful presentation, we have the, the secret of uh, entrance into spiritual life in the form of Bhagavad Gita. It's like a gem hidden in the hundreds of thousands of verses of Mahabharat. In addition to this, a mature commentary on the Vedanta Sutra is necessary even to make the Vedanta Sutra understandable for us. And all the major Sampradayas, one of the characteristics of a Sampradaya is a commentary on the Vedanta Sutra. Now following in the wake of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which is the Supreme Lord himself, in his advent, 
His followers didn't feel there was much necessity because it was clear to them that Srimad Bhagavatam filled the bill, that it provided the best commentary on the Vedanta Sutra. Later, uh, due to social pressure, uh, social religious pressure of the day, the Gaudias did request one uh, one amongst them to to write a commentary just on the Vedanta Sutra itself. Uh, that was Baladev Vidyabhushan, who himself didn't feel himself up to the task. So he took shelter of uh, the deity and uh, and simply took dictation. So he named his commentary on the Vedanta Sutra the Govinda Bhashya. I'm simply writing down the word of Govinda. Our valid Praman and Jeeva's made his case is Srimad Bhagavatam. If Srimad Bhagavatam is the valid Praman, well what what is the subject of the Bhagavatam? And now that is the second part of this Tatmas and Dharva is introducing us to what is the subject that is worth knowing and what is the methodology, what is our relationship with that subject first of all and what is the methodology that can give us a complete entrance into the subject. So as Jeeva has already pointed out, the Bhagavatam is full of information about the nature of ourself and the nature of being and the nature of the Supreme Self and full of an explanation of that spiritual substance Brahmati, Paramatmati, Bhagavaniti, Sabjate um, and full of information about the practice of Bhakti with so many stories there of, of great devotees so he could have pulled verses from anywhere in the Bhagavatam to make his point but he didn't start there he wanted to let and introduce us to what is the nature of real spirituality. Here's scripture, and scripture will give you some indication of knowledge about the self, about your being, about the supreme self, about your environment. But really, what is of significance in spiritual life is revelation. We, although there is a Vaidhi approach, really the best approach is realization itself. So therefore at the very beginning of this sec second section of his Tattvasandarbha, he emphasizes Realization through revelation. Beginning first with Sukadev Goswami, who was the epitome of human accomplishment. Sukadev Goswami, 
he he made it. He crossed beyond birth and death. He was a Jivan Mukta. Nothing in the world would could drag him back into samsara or activities which will prolong suffering in this material realm. So he was liberated. Eyes open samadhi. He was walking around the world, but he wasn't of the world. So Jiva Goswami begins by pointing out what, is, what was the nature of Sukadeva Goswami. Even though he was beyond the world and beyond anything worldly, when he heard the Bhagavatam, immediately he was drawn. Nothing of the world could attract him. Nothing of this material realm could pull him from his eyes open samadhi. But when he heard verses from the Bhagavatam, that pulled him to a higher revelation in spiritual realization. So Jiva starts first with a verse explaining that fact. Now tonight we go on, what is the revelation of Srila Vyasadeva? So we have a glimpse into the fact that the Bhagavatam was so powerful that it could pull the being, the consciousness, the awareness, the ecstatic emotion created by the Bhagavatam exceeded the pleasures of Brahman realization so much so that Sukadev, who was already liberated within his body, was drawn to higher spiritual revelation simply by the sound vibration of the Bhagavatam. Now we go on to show that Sukadev Goswami, the speaker of the Bhagavatam, he was in perfect harmony, revelation-wise, with the author of the Bhagavatam, Srila Vyasudev. And we touched upon a little fancy thing that, that commentators and presenters and workers in the world do. If they have a lot of tasks, they'll always do the simplest one first. So the analogy is there of the metallurgist. That if he's making, he has on his queue of work to do a needle and a kettle, he's going to get the needle done first. The revelation of Sukadev was quite simple. He was drawn to the Bhagavatam. And an explanation of the revelation of Srila Vyasadeva, which you would naturally think his revelation came before Sukadev's. His revelation came from the practice of bhakti itself. Because why? He was following the direction of a bhakta. He was, although the supreme, playing the part of the great sage, and Narada had given him an instruction. That's, that's the highlight of the Sadika's life, is following that directive. That is the epitome of their devotional activity. Narada said, you're not content in your service to humanity, 
you've done all this. You've seen that humanity's in quite a jam here. Kali Yuga is progressing. Srila Vyasadeva has written of Bhagavatam after Krishna's departure and before Maharaj Pariksit has confronted Kali. So that gives you a time frame. So he's compiled it all, but his discontent is coming. And from that discontent, when we have discontent in our spiritual life, in our service, then we take shelter of someone that can assist us. Or who knows how long we will flounder. So we should never be reluctant to take good advice from the sadhus and from the guru. So this revelation of Srila Vyasadeva is, is discussed in the seventh chapter of the first canto in four verses. So we'll go over those verses again quickly. I will read the English. The first verse is, In his pure heart, which was established in perfect fixity through the yoga of unalloyed devotion, he saw the original complete person Purusham Purnam, along with his extrinsic potency, Maya, which is apart from and yet supported by him. Bhakti Yogena Manasi, Samyak Pranihite Malay, Apashyat Purusham Purnam, Mayam Chatad Apashrayam. In his pure heart, which is established in the fixity of yoga, of unalloyed devotion, he saw the original complete person. So this is his revelation. In Samadhi, he saw the Supreme. Imagine. You're chanting and all of a sudden Krishna appears. So this was Vyasadeva's Samadhi. He was told by his guru, you concentrate on the Supreme and and, and come to some fuller understanding of the nature of him so that you can present this as the topmost for suffering humanity. Purusham Purnam, along with his extrinsic potency, Maya. So he saw not, not only he not only saw Krishna, but he also saw Krishna's external potency, the Maya Shakti, which was a part and yet supported by him. So we've we've begun to discuss this, and we're going to continue. So when we look at this this Purusham Purnam, we take the primary meaning, the Supreme Purusha. And when we take this primary meaning, it's called the Mukya Vritti, when we look and take this in its primary meaning, we're talking not about not only about the supreme personality but we're talking about the supreme personality with all of his parts and parcels and all of his shaktis that's the meaning of that term within the verse that's relaying Vyasadeva's revelation so Jiva Goswami is bringing this out that when we hear this verse and we see it, we see that it, this is the context in which it's being presented. Now this is, we have to understand that this is the significance of 
the Sundarbas. Through the Sundarbas, we're giving given an insight into how Shastra is to be properly viewed. And the Sundarbas are giving us Sambandha, Abhideya, and Prayojan according to the Bhagavatam by highlighting the specific verses and, and explaining the manner in which these conclusions lead to the highest and deepest understanding of our spiritual nature, the spiritual nature of the Supreme, the nature of the Supreme's energies, all these relationships, Sambandagyan, going forward into Abhideya, how can we, who are influenced by this external potency, even though we are superior to it in potency, how can we effectuate a change, a wholesale change in consciousness that leads to the revela a revelation like that experienced both by the author of the Bhagavatam and by the speaker of the Bhagavatam. So let us start there. If we're going to look to the Bhagavatam, let's look to what do we, what is the best manner in which we approach the Bhagavatam and for what objective? And it's important we, we approach the Bhagavatam with the object, objective of following in the footsteps of its author and its speaker and experiencing the Supreme fully by a wholesale turning of our consciousness towards that Supreme. We're looking for revelation. If we want simple religious regulation, there's thousands of scriptures out there full of religious regulations. And the religionists of the world argue with amongst one another saying that their regulation and their approach and their understanding is the best. What Jiva is saying to us is, no, those understandings may be good to bring one to a higher plane of material existence, but you want to engage your consciousness, your understanding, your wholesale spiritual endeavor. You want to place that into a methodology that results in spiritual realization, in revelation, in seeing the Supreme face to face. Om Purnam Adaha Purnam Idam. The Supreme's perfect and complete, but we want to see him in his complete, perfect perfection. He needs to remove not only his Maya Shakti, but all these, anything that's standing in a way, this effulgence of his also needs to be removed. This Mukya Vritti approach to this first verse explaining Vyasudeva's revelation, Purusham Purnam, it's referring to Iti Chamsa Kala Krishna, Krishna Stu Bhagavan Swayam. Not only the Supreme, but all his parts and parcels. Now, Paramatma, in these verses, Paramatma and Brahman, they are not, they're not brought up. For the simple reason that when we talk about 
Purusham, Purnam, they're included. Now, he also brings out, again, remember, Jiva's told us that he's going to use as support, as additional praman, to the Bhagavatam verses what? Specifically. He said, specifically, I'm going to use the commentary on those verses of the Bhagavatam that was given by Sridhar Swami, that great commentator. So here, in going further in this Anuchena, in this section explaining the revelation of Vyasudeva, he goes on to draw from Sridhar Swami's commentary, and in Sridhar Swami's commentary, he brings up the term Nirupadi, that the Supreme Lord is without any limiting adjunct. Upadi. Now, is, are we familiar with this term upadi? Designation. Designation. And how does it work? What's the easiest way to understand it? If you have a clear crystal, if you put that clear crystal close to anything of color, what does the crystal do? It takes on that color. So you would think it's a red crystal, or it's a blue crystal, it's a green crystal, it's a white crystal. But it's true, it's a clear crystal. So when we look at Upadi, what Sridhar Swami is saying here is when we look to this terminology, Purusham Purnam, we should see that there is no Upadi there. The Lord is not in any way being limited, but we're talking about the unlimited aspect of the Supreme when we use this terminology. A potty, a potty uh, uh, can be used in a limiting way for also the jiva, and we'll we'll discuss that a little bit, especially when we discuss in the context of these verses the misconceptions of the Dwaitans. I don't know if we'll get that far this evening. Again, Sridhar Swami drawing from his commentary when we when we see this this verse from the Bhagavatam explaining Vyasadeva's revelation. Sridhar's commentary is saying when we look at this, we're talking about the Supreme without any limiting, limiting adjuncts. Nothing is coloring and nothing should color our understanding of what is being, what was the revelation. It was perfect, it was complete, it was total. It included all the Lord, all of his various manifestations, all of his umses, all of his parts and parcels, all of his shaktis, without limit. Uh, what also comes out here is when you even look at the Atma, the self, the Jiva, what's, what's the body to the Jiva? It's Nupati. It's, it's, it's a limiting, we are associating with matter and we're taking that to be our self. But really, it's, a, it's, we are not matter. So it's a nice concept to think of the crystal that we put ourselves in a situation 
we take on the nature of the circumstance in which we're placed, it colors our existence, colors our mentality, and it's important in our spiritual life to always remain free of these limits to a full understanding of what is our spiritual nature. We understand our conditioned nature, but we also understand our true nature. All this leads to the conclusion of Srila Jiva Goswami. The Sambandha Tattva of Srila Vyasata Dev is Purusham Purnam, Swayam Bhagavan Sri Krishna. We are establishing the Sambandha Tattva. What is the subject of his revelation? The Supreme. So all these verses, they clearly show the samadhi of Srila Vyasadeva is the self-disclosure of the Supreme. This, this is the nature of spiritual revelation. The consciousness is completely cleared and the revelation is descending. There's nothing that from this, if we, were look, if we look at Srila Vyasadeva as the sage which he is portraying in, the, in this particular Leela of comp composing and writing down for suffering humanity all the Veda and the Upanishads, Puranas, Mahabharata, and Srimad Bhagavatam. We see that the revelation is coming to him of Sambandha, Abhideya, and Prayojan. And these four verses are, are laying it out. So let's proceed. Anucheta 31. So I'll take a small break here. Your question on this. I was just curious um, if his revelation, he saw Krishna in full with all his shaktis, why it would specifically point out that he saw the Maya shakti. That will become apparent. Okay. Because you have to understand he had a service to perform. So the next three verses are going to bring out the fact that he saw not only the Supreme, but he also saw the Supreme's external potency and the plight of the jivas. Thus, seeing completely in samadhi the revelation of what is the nature of the subject, sambandha, what is the nature of abhideya, the curative practice by which the suffering humanity can attain the goal priogen of complete and total revelation in the subject Sri Krishna so his revelation was what in relationship to his service that was his desire the intent of his Samadhi, he entered Samadhi to that end to attain his goal. So the Sankalpa, the intent of his Samadhi was to fulfill that need in his heart that was not fulfilled simply by writing down all the scriptures. He wasn't content. Therefore, his spiritual master said, if you're looking for contentment in this service, 
Narda says, then you need to enter samadhi and see the complete picture. When you see the complete picture, then your service will be enthused. Does that answer your question? Yes. So now, Anucheta 31. Jiva Goswami goes forward, and the first thing he brings out is, you know, there's another reading of that verse. Let me explain that to you and explain why it points, even if we were to take this variant reading of the Bhagavatam verse, the first verse regarding Vyasadeva's samadhi, it still means the same thing. So first, what's the variant reading? Purnam is Purvam. So perfect and complete mean becomes what? Purusham Purvam, the oldest. Purva, Purva Acharyas, Purvam, the original. So the primeval, also another translation. Jiva Goswami first says, even though there is a variant reading to this particular Bhagavatam verse, and there are, in some Bhagavatam verses, variant readings. Some verses are missing from some. Why? Because that's the nature of the tradition. How was this Bhagavatam passed forth before the time of Vyasadeva? It was all oral reception from master to student. There was no writing it down. If the guru, instead of said, you know, Purusham, Purnam. He said Purusham Purnam. Purva, what is it? Purvam. It's the same meaning. Of course, we're talking about Jiva Goswami. How many variant readings or writings? Because how were these Bhagavatams, these writings of Srila Vyasadeva, passed forward generation to generation? in that 5,000 year 5,000 year period between the departure of Lord Krishna the writing down of Srila Vyasadeva and now we have up to the time of Jiva Goswami and even in his time was there a printing press yet? No. Not yet. Coming soon. <laughs> but still wasn't there. There could be a very somebody wrote a word. Oh, I thought it was Purnam. No, no, no. It's Purvam. Oh, okay. Jiva say, whichever one you take, whatever your Bhagavatam says, this verse means the same thing. That's the point Jiva's making here. That's the nature of the Gaudis. They are reconcilers. If they're true Gaudias, then they reconcile. They understand. Shastra Yukta, they, they understand the meaning of the text. And they explain the text according to the inner meaning that's come by what? By revelation. Therefore, Srila Rupa Goswami's telling us as Sadikas what? He says, if you are going to take spiritual initiation, take what? Take initiation from the Uttama Adhikari, who has the best qualification to give you the inner meaning so that your practice will be fully nourished. You can take from lesser if that's all that's available 
We take whatever we take, all the help we can get for whatever wherever we can get it. And sometimes the decision is wrong, but then we correct ourselves, as Bhakti Rakshak Sridhar Dev said. What this this process of spiritual revelation and realization is one of acceptance and elimination. We accept deeper and deeper understandings. So what in the beginning gives us some some little foothold, later may just be discarded. It's a misconception. It was good enough to pull me in because I had a certain religious orientation that made me think that I'm here because I was there or so many so many things could be there and the guru may draw from so many so many different aspects of the social and social religious environment of his student in order to fix them firmly on the path only to eliminate what brought them in later as their personal advancement grows as they develop more qualification themselves then he can reveal to them more of his qualification through his understanding so Jeevas makes the point these are these are the same don't it's not nothing to worry about here he reconciles this he mentions the uh, the self-endowed intrinsic uh, potencies of the supreme Bhagavan when we say Bhagavan so Purusham Param all strength, wealth, knowledge beauty, creation, fame and that when we speak of Bhagavan we also speak of Bhagavan he is not free of his inherent potencies which are his Swarup Shakti Pladini, Sandini, Samvit and the explanation is always the also there. These potencies, which constitute Bhagavan's Swarup, his intrinsic nature, also take personal forms. That's a unique characteristic of his potencies. And we it's hard for us to conceive of it, but if we look even to the history of different religious traditions in the world and especially to the the Hindu tradition which is based on the Veda then this personal form for potencies is even seen even like Native Americans the wind god, the sun god, Mike grandfather, son, grandmother moon especially in the Vedas we have so many uh, demigods so these shaktis, even within the material world, have personal representation. Personal. So this is a unique characteristic that also is there in the supreme, in the transcendental realm, where it's all just spiritual substance. So when we talk of Ladini, we also talk of what? We talk of that potency of Krishna also being in a form, and that's Radharani, Sandini, Baladev. Thus he fixed his mind, perfectly engaging it by linking it in devotional service, bhakti yoga, without any tinge of materialism, 
And thus he saw the absolute personality of Godhead along with his external energy which was under full control. Jiva first brings out the point that we can see from this verse going on in the verse that the Maya Shakti is under the complete control of the Supreme. So then we come to the question. All right, we have the Supreme Potency, the Supreme Absolute Truth, Swayam Bhagavan, Purusham Purnam Purvam. We have that, that manifestation of the Supreme. We have the Maya Shakti under his complete control. And we have the Jiva Shakti. Now the Maya Shakti is inert. It's external. Its nature is not a nature of consciousness. It's matter. And then we talk of the, of the Jiva Shakti, which is conscious. So the question becomes, how can this Maya Shakti, which is what? It's not of the nature of the Supreme. In the verse, what does it say? External. His external energy. We have this external potency, and then we have this marginal potency, which is of his nature, the Jiva Shakti. It has consciousness. So one would naturally question, how can this conscious energy be overtaken by an unconscious energy? So Jiva Goswami points out there's two reasons for this. The first reason is this Jiva Shakti is very little, infinitesimal. You can't measure it. We'll give you a clue here. We'll say it's one ten thousandth the tip of the hair. That'll give you a starting point to understanding how infinitesimal this potency. It is a conscious potency, but it is very, very, very small. That's one reason. That an inert potency can cover it. Is its size. And the other thing is Maya. This Maya, this illusory potency without consciousness. Doesn't mean it doesn't have control or an administrator. It does have both. But it works outside of the rules of logic. These are the two reasons Jiva Goswami gives us. And as we proceed in the Tattva Sandarbha, he will fully elaborate this for us. That the Maya Shakti works not in a logical way. Because if it worked logically, the Jiva wouldn't be bewildered by it. He supports this conclusion by quoting a verse from the conversation of Maitreya Muni with Vidura. And during that conversation, Maitreya says to Vidura, this Maya, which cannot, cannot be understood by logic, belonging to the Supreme Lord, but not his Swarup, is the cause of deprivation and ignorance for the Jiva who has the possibility for realizing the form, knowledge, and bliss of the Lord. Vidura has gone to Maitreya for enlightenment, and this is part of the 
instruction he received. He's told Maya doesn't work according to logic. It can't be understood with logic. It does work logically, but you can't try to acquire full knowledge of it through the application of the logic of the world. It belongs to the Supreme Lord, the Maya, but it's not of his spiritual nature, but it's a cause of deprivation and ignorance for the jiva. Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur uses the analogy of the sun and the clouds. That the sun can create a cloud and, and, and shield us from its own illumination. So there's more to the Sanocheda. Uh, uh, going on and explaining the, the second and third of the four verses. And that's where we'll continue next time. Any questions, comments? Yes. Um, I guess I never thought before that uh, the Maya Shakti doesn't have consciousness. There's a personification. No, it said there's a personification and it works under Maya Dakshena Prakriti. Material energy is working under my direction. But itself, the, the, that energy, earth, water, fire, air, ether, mind, intelligence, and false ego, all these comprised by separated material energy. None of those have consciousness. No, we use the mind. Mm -hmm. We illuminate the mind. We illuminate. Without the soul, there is no thinking or consciousness. The mind is not aware of anything unless the conscious jiva shakti is within the body. Similarly, the, the entire of the material cosmos most that sits what? In an unmanifest form before the modes of material nature are activated by the consciousness of the supreme, there's no no action there. Jeeva is going to explain this a lot more fully throughout the rest of the first four Sandarbhas. Because in these Sandarbhas, Tattva, Bhagavat, Paramatma, and Krishna Sandarbha, he's going to deal fully with Sambandhagyan. When we are done with the first four Sandarbhas, we're going to understand what is the nature of Krishna and all of his energies according to the conclusions of the Bhagavatam. All, everything that he's going to teach us in these Sandarbhas are going to, he's going to, is going to be based on one primary praman. Now he'll draw from the Vishnu Purana, the Padma Purana for, for some supports, but the primary, and he told us when he finished the first part on the evidence, from now on, when we're discussing knowledge and the object of knowledge, we're going to be basing this primarily on Srimad Bhagavatam. Mm. This is our primary praman. So this, this is the foundational understanding that 
that makes spiritual life just, I mean, it's exciting to understand all of the, the Lord and all of his energies. Because then when we hear the sadhus talk of the, of the internal potency and those relationships, we know all the back, we, we have some appreciation for what is really God. What is what it's it's a concept at this point, but here oh yeah it's much 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 more. It has all the the supreme has so many potencies. That's what Jiva's doing. Why would he go to so much trouble to bring us into this understanding of Sambanda, Abhideya, and Prayojan according to the conclusions of the Bhagavatam? Then, when you read the Bhagavatam, I mean, would you have drawn from the discussion between Maitreya and Madura this one little stanza, three or four words, that said, Maya cannot be understood with your logic? I read, I've read the Bhagavatam many times. I never brought... That never came out to me. That's what... The sadhu does. That's what Jiva's doing. Learn how to look at the scriptures with spiritual eyes. What is that verse of the Goswamis? Sastra. Nipano. Nana Sastra. Dicharade. Saddharma Samstasmago. Right. So this is what's going on here. Jiva's starting to pull us into the Bhagavatam. He's pulling us in to the revelation this is he's not pulling us into the regulation the religious dogma no the Bhagavatam has so much more to offer us than that it can tell you about hell it can tell you about heaven it can tell you about sacrifices but that's not what the Bhagavatam is about at all it's about realizing Krishna experiencing Krishna experiencing and understanding all of his potencies how they work. So here in the very beginning, he's you know Jiva's saying, "Look, look at the revelation of the Yas. He pre- he went into Samadhi and he saw the Supreme because he couldn't. He entered into this, and this is the this is the result of our sincere endeavor in devotional service. The Guru will say, "Now you want to do accomplish this here." In the beginning, there's some simple thing. Fios had a bigger task, but he was qualified. His guru, no, you can handle this stuff. You can enter into samadhi. Did you know it? Do it. Everything you want to know, every all the all that you're all that you feel lacking in your heart will come to you if you simply enter your heart and sit there and listen. Anything else? Yes. Maybe you'll talk about this. Further, but I don't even get the beginning premise that Krishna can have an internal and an external, and that there's something that's intrinsic and extrinsic. Like, if everything comes from Krishna, yes, how is what's out there not something that's within him? There's something because he's outside of him. Yes, this is going to come out in a very, very profound way because he has contradictory potencies. And Jiva's going to explain that this is the nature of the Supreme. So the fact that he has internal potencies 
that were external, but he's absolute. Yes, and those potencies can can appear with our mundane logic to work what in a contradictory fashion. Yes, all that will be brought out. So hold on to your seats. It's <laughs> so exciting. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna.